Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time of the day that it is for you, welcome to the GYGO Get Your Go On podcast. My name's Leah Grace, and this is my podcast. I'm so glad you've decided to make this a part of your day. Before we get into anything, I want to ask one thing of you, and that is just to have a good time because that's what this podcast is all about. So if you're ready like I'm ready, let's get into today's episode. I recorded an intro that, you know, cute little thing that you hear before you hear my luscious voice um, so that I could avoid doing the whole like Hi and welcome, but it didn't turn into that because I always end up clicking play or record and being like, hi, welcome, glad you're here. And I just uh, never, I never really avoid it. I don't just dive right into it. And I would save a lot of time if I did. So, um, but yeah, hi, welcome. Again, as stated in the intro, I'm Leah Grace and I'm glad you're here. So, ah. I'm excited about today, and I know that I say that a lot, but I really am. So uh, today we're going to talk about a passage of scripture and a book of the Bible that I feel like is very overlooked and isn't really talked about, um, and that is old Nehemiah. And I know some of you guys are like, where's Nehemiah at? He's in the Old Testament. So get flip on over to the Old Testament and turn to Nehemiah because that's where we're going to be reading and studying today. So a little bit about how I came about going to Nehemiah. Um, because again, Nehemiah is very overlooked, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. And maybe you guys go to a church that does Nehemiah like once a month. And I, but I, I don't think I've really ever heard a sermon on Nehemiah. Um, again, I could be wrong, but I don't, I could, I couldn't tell you what was in the book of Nehemiah except for probably a dude named Nehemiah. <laughs> so I was praying, you know, like, Lord, what do you want me to study? Where do you want me to go? You know, guide, guide me to what you would like me to, to read. And I felt him kind of, you know, say, go to Esther. And I was like, okay, I'll go to Esther. Well, I on my Bible, I have tabs. And um, Esther is on the same tab as Nehemiah. And so when I went to turn to Esther, and it was... How my Bible has it is it has Nehemiah, Esther, Job, and Psalms all on one tab. So when I go to turn and look for Esther, I put my thumb on my tab and I open it and it opens to Nehemiah first. So when I opened to Nehemiah, it was kind of like the Lord just told me, now stop. I was like, okay. So I was very intrigued by Nehemiah and I was like, hmm, all right, I'll look into Nehemiah. So when I started to look into Nehemiah, because again, I didn't know really anything about Nehemiah. I was like, 
okay yeah nehemiah which i knew it was in the bible but but that really the only reason i like knew i mean other than like you know when you're a kid and you learn all the books of the bible like genesis exodus you learn it in a song well that was really the only reason i knew nehemiah was in the bible and because my sister actually talked about naming her son nehemiah for a little bit and so that was really the only thing the only times that i'd ever really heard about nehemiah and, um, so when I began to kind of read through the book of Nehemiah, I was really drawn to chapter four, which is what we're going to kind of study on today and talk about. So as I began to read into Nehemiah, because again, I didn't know who he was, except for I knew that he was a dude named Nehemiah. And so I began to look into it. And, you know, in most Bibles, each book of the Bible has like a small description underneath it, probably about a paragraph, two paragraphs long, um, underneath like the name telling you what this book's about and just kind of gives you like a little overview. So I read mine and to just kind of see if I could figure anything out. And I also watched a couple of YouTube videos to see like, you know, what other people had to say about Nehemiah. And um, so a little bit about who Nehemiah was, if you don't know, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king of in the Persian palace, and he is the one who leads the um, leads the third and final return of Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile. And um, he also, you know, he's buddies with Ezra. Ezra rebuilt the temple and Nehemiah rebuilds the wall. So, um, this is just kind of, and I think I got that right. If I didn't, you know, correct me and I'm sorry, but like, I'm fairly positive that was right. <laughs> so, um, you guys ever do that where like you say something in confidence and then you're like, oh wait, what was that? What if that was wrong? And somebody's like, that was wrong. Here's who built the temple. So if I'm wrong, again, I'm not a scholar, um, but I'm pretty sure that was right, but it could have been wrong. You can check for yourself. Fact check. Always fact check. Don't believe, you know, don't just assume. Fact check yourself. Study yourself. Do your own study. Anyway, back to the story. So we are going to dive in to chapter four and, um, this chapter was so powerful to me. And so I'm going to read um, verses 1 through 3, 7 and 8, 11 and 12, 14 and 15, and 17 and 18. So it's kind of like back and forth, wishy-washy, like, read this, skip a couple verses, read that, skip a couple verses. So that's that's how I'm going to read. You guys can follow along. I would like for you to follow along, but if not, and you just want to listen to my voice, you can do that too. So um, we're going to start again in um, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and then we'll go to 7 and 8. First one says this, but it so happened that when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? 
Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? And will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish stones and stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, y'all listen to this. Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, it will break down their stone wall. Y'all, that was rude. He talking bad about their building. That was rude. He's mad. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump down to 7 and 8. Um, and this says, Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and... Y'all, there's a bunch of really hard names in this, so forgive me if I get one wrong. We're going to start back over. Now, it happened that when Sanballat, Tobiah, the the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gates were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. And all of them, this is the one I want you to hear, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. So let's jump over to the next couple verses, which is 11 and 12. And our adversary said, They will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause their work to cease. So it was that when the Jews who dwelt near them came, that they told us ten times, From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. So now we're going to jump down to 14 and 15. And then we're going to go to our last one, which is 17 and 18. So, verse 14 and 15 says this. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember, the Lord great and awesome, and fight for you, brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your house. And it happened that when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall and everyone to his work. So this is the key verse and the key The key, you know, takeaway that I want you to have is these two verses right here. And I'm going to expand on them, but um, we're just going to read them. This is 17 and 18. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand held a weapon. Each one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. So, I know that that was a lot of scripture, and it was kind of, like, hard to follow, um, but I want to kind of expand on these just a little bit. So, let's go back to... 
let's just kind of talk a little bit about what happened here. So, breaking it down into kind of dummy down terms. So, in one through three, um, the whole crew was real mad because, you know, the wall was being rebuilt. And when I say the crew, that being the Ammonites, uh, Tobiah, uh, Sandballot, that crew, they were being very, they were, they were very petty about this wall being rebuilt. So they were mad and they were like, yo, you know, they think they're cool, but if a fox ran on that wall, it'd come crumbling down, thinking, you know, ooh, so savage. Okay. And then in seven and eight, you jump down and they are conspiring. How can we take these guys out? So in verse 11 and 12, they're talking about how they're gonna take these guys out. And, you know, the enemy, or not the enemy, um, Nehemiah and his crew are prepared, are preparing, like, hey, these guys are going to try to take us out. So, in verse um, 14 and 15, Nehemiah steps up and says, hey, don't fear these guys because the God who is great and awesome um, is with you. Um, Fight for your family. Fight for your for your wives, for your sons, you know, but don't fear. So in verse 17 and 18, um, it talks about them being prepared. So we're going to, I have called each of these segments of scriptures something so that you guys kind of have something to take away. So in one through three, um, where they're talking about like all these guys are horrible, I have, you know, kind of called this chunk of of verses the smack talk of the enemy. And I was going to put like some like fancier word for smack talk, but I was like, no, this is just smack talk. I'm from Alabama. We don't need no fancy words. So verse one through three is the smack talk of the enemy. And how many of you guys have ever been in a situation where somebody is just dogging you for no reason when you feel like you're doing good or when you know you're doing the work of the Lord? I mean, Nehemiah knew he was doing the work of the Lord, but that didn't stop people from talking about him and being like, your wall stinks. A fox is going to knock it down. Ooh, you know, I mean, that didn't stop the enemy from talking smack, you know? So, I mean, I know that I've been there where I know that I'm doing the work of the Lord and I know that I'm doing good. And people are like, sit down. And so, you know, we've all faced that. And then you jump down to verses 7 and 8 where it says they conspired together how, you know, they could, you know, ruin this. And that I've called the plot of the enemy. And, you know, uh, I, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly that the enemy tries to, he, he will send people in your life who will badmouth you and who will who are intentionally just in your life to try to destroy you. And so how does that start with the smack talk? And then when they realize like, oh you don't you're not bothered by me talking bad about your wall, all right, we're gonna go ahead and start plotting because you're obviously like ready to fight me. Like we're ready to like take you out. So 
verses 1 through 3 is the smack talk of the enemy. Verses 7 through 8 is the plot of the enemy. And verses 11 and 12 is the attack of the enemy. And they didn't attack, but they talked about how they were going to attack. And how pretty much, like, they won't even see it coming. But, you know, if you want to be sneaky about a battle, don't... If you want to be sneaky about trying to take somebody out, don't talk about that. Don't tell people you're going to try to take them out. Because that's just going to cause them to prepare, which is what happened here. So, word got around that um, the enemy was planning to attack the Ammonites and Tobiah, I think, or to, to yeah, Tobiah and... Um, Sanballat were planning to attack, and so they went from talking smack to plotting to, like, really planning out this attack, which, uh, I mean, there's so much in that, because, like I said, I believe wholeheartedly that the enemy sends people in your lives to just intentionally attack you, you know, I mean, for me, I had a situation where... Everything I did for this one person was wrong. And I was like, there's no way that I can please you. You know, I I could have, this person could have said, hey, paint this wall purple. And I painted that wall purple. And it was like, I wanted it to be blue. You goober, you goober head. And I was like, what, what, what do you want me to do? You know, and I believe that there are people who are just like intentionally, who are who are in your life that the enemy has sent to just completely just, you know, ruin you and make you want to give up what you're doing that the Lord has, you know, allowed you to do. And so in this situation, you know, Nehemiah felt a longing to go and rebuild that wall. The Lord was like, go do it then, you know, and the enemy has sent so many people to try to take Nehemiah out and his crew out to keep him from building this wall. And so, verse 1 through 3, the smack talk of the enemy. And um, 7 and 8, the plot of the enemy. 11 and 12, the attack of the enemy, which is going to lead us to this beautiful scripture from Nehemiah in verse um, 14 and 15. And I've just called these verse, this segment of verses the unity against the enemy. And... So Nehemiah steps up and he just says, you know what? Do not fear. And I love what he says here. And he says, hold on, let me get back to it. He says, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome. And he didn't just say, don't worry, don't be afraid. It'll be all right. He said, don't fear them because you have the Lord who is great and awesome on your side. So be prepared to fight for your brothers and for your sisters and for your sons and daughters and wives. But remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember he is on your side. 
And to me, that statement is so beautiful and so powerful because you went from the smack talk of the enemy from hearing the enemy talk bad about you and those people talk bad about you and talk about your way and talk about your um your your feet being too big or talk about your ears being too big or talking about how lazy you are or talk about your family. You went from hearing the smack talk to actually having them like confront you and be like hey or you know like them conspire more people people getting them getting a group together to conspire against you so that you're eventually you know excluded from that friend group or excluded from that particular group maybe not a friend group but you know maybe there's a group of people who are just conspiring against you for absolutely no reason other than the fact that they are intimidated by you And so they will try to conspire. They'll try to plot until they eventually, like, plan the attack and plan the fight. And then, you know, we, you go from hearing all of these things and hearing all these lies and all these attacks from the enemy. But when you read those two verses, 14 and 15, and how it says... Do not be afraid of them. And remember the Lord your God who is awesome and powerful. And, you know, the one who has been with you the whole time. Remember him. Remember him when you hear that smack smack talk of the enemy. Remember him when you hear that they're plotting against you. Remember him when you hear that they're buying that baseball bat to come and smash your car window. Remember him when you hear all of these things. Remember him because he fights for you. And then in 17 and 18, it says that they went, or in, I'm sorry, in, um, let me read 14, because, or 15, because that's the verse that I want to focus on, um, or part of it, and this one is powerful, and it ties into 17 and 18, and it says, and it happened when the enemy heard that it was known to us That God had brought their plot to nothing. Let me read that again. God had brought their plot to nothing. And I wrote out beside verse 15. Nothing makes the enemy more mad than when you are afraid of him. And it's so true. Because the enemy wants you to think that he is bigger and badder than you. And bigger and badder and can wipe you out in an instant. But in reality, he has zero power when the Lord is on your side. And so the enemy, and it says that when they heard this, when the enemy was made known that the Lord had just pretty much obliterated their plan, it says that they went back to working at the wall. But they didn't just go back. In verse 17, it says that they went and worked with one hand and they were prepared for battle with the other hand. And that is kind of um, 
changing the wording a little bit, but that's pretty much what it says, was they were prepared with one hand, with their sword in one hand, and they were working with the other. And that was the verse that stuck out to me. And I was like, I've got to dig into this. And that was the verse that I got. That was the meat of the whole thing. Was they were still working. And they worked and worked. Because they knew they were doing what the Lord had called them to do. But it didn't say that they weren't prepared. They were still prepared for battle at any minute, but they weren't afraid, so they went back to work. And so I wrote this down. What am I getting at? When when you know the Lord and you know the one that you serve is great and awesome, as stated in verse 15, 14 and 15, when you realize that, you will realize that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But does that mean that you don't have to prepare? Absolutely not. So in verse 17 and 18, it says that they were prepared. In a sense, it says that they worked with one hand with their sword in the other and in verse 18, it says that they had their um, swords girded around them. And they were prepared. They were prepared for battle, but they weren't afraid, so they worked. They continued to do the work of the Lord, but they were still prepared for battle. So what that hit me with and what that reminded me of was in Ephesians six thirteen through 18, the armor of God. And there, why in the world would the Lord tell us to put on the armor of God if he didn't want us to prepare for battle? You know, you know, yes, the Lord has already won. Yes, he has already defeated death, hell and the grave. He's fought our battles. Yes, but we still have to be in the armor of the Lord so that we, that we, we don't have to worry about the enemy hitting us in any way and it affecting us in any way when we are clothed in the armor of God. So in Ephesians six thirteen through 18, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. And then it goes on to list the each part of the armor of God. And when you look into when you look into the armor and that's a whole nother thing, that's a whole nother story, that's a whole nother, you know, a whole nother day for another time, each part of the armor. Um when you what am I getting at? What I'm getting at is, you know, the Lord wouldn't provide us the armor of the Lord if he didn't want us to wear it. If he didn't want us to protect ourselves and be prepared for battle. And that's what was pretty much going on in verse 17 and 18 was, 
yes, they were without fear and they went back to building, but they were prepared because it doesn't matter how not afraid you are of the enemy. He is still, that's when he's going to fire up that furnace and try to get you gone even harder because he knows you're not afraid of him. And that makes him even more mad. Like I said in verse 15, where it says, then it was made known to the enemy that God had obliterated their plan. That is when the enemy is the most furious. And when he wants to take you out the most. Because you don't see him as a threat. And that's when he's going to hit you with hard times. That's when he's going to hit you with that abuse and that hurt and that anger and that past rem- that past rem- that reminder of your past. That's when he's going to hit you with all of those things. But when you're wearing the armor of God and you are prepared, when you feel those blows, you can shoot them down with a verse or a scripture or a prayer or with service and... We have to be prepared. And I, a, a pastor, when I was studying Nehemiah, he said this, and it was so good. And so I'm going to read it. And this was Randall Smith. And um, he said this, The greater your incentive to be a dedicated, discerning, and zealous person after God, the greater the target on your back. If you're going to get something done, the enemy is going to raise something up against what you're trying to work on. And that hit me so hard and it was so good and so relevant to what I was reading about and studying. And I was like, if I could, I could just have read that and you guys would have been fine. And I could have, you know, saved your time and you wouldn't have had to listen to all of this. But what that's saying is the greater your the greater your dedication and devotion to the Lord, the bigger target that you are. So you have to be prepared because you're a big target. You know, you're you're what the enemy wants to take out because you are grounded in your faith. And you are running after God and the enemy wants to do nothing more than stop you in your tracks. So he will smack talk you. He'll tell you how worthless you are. And he'll tell you like people liked you more when you weren't saved. And he'll hit you with all of these lies. And he'll plot things against you. And he'll turn people against you. And he'll have people try to attack you. But when you are grounded in your faith and when you are wearing the full armor of God and when you are prepared and when you are without fear it doesn't matter what the enemy does because you are covered in every area you are surrounded by the Holy Spirit and you are wearing the armor of God and that is what is going to protect you and keep you during times of trouble. And that was what the Jews and what Nehemiah established in chapter 4 of Nehemiah. 
was even though we know we're not afraid of the enemy, we still have to prepare because we're a bigger target now than we've ever been because we are not afraid of him. So guys, I really hope that this helped you in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And I hope that this helps you to be reminded to put on your armor, to wake up and put on every piece of your armor, and to be prepared. Yes, we walk by faith and not by sight, but we have to be covered Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But we have to be covered. We have to be clothed, you know, because the enemy will try to find any place that he can to latch onto you. But when you're wearing the armor of God, it's just going to bounce off you. Those fiery darts that the enemy's trying to launch at you, all of those things that the enemy's trying to hit you with, it's not going to hurt you. You're going to feel those blows, but it's not going to hurt you because you're covered. So I hope that this encourages you to put on your armor and to not be afraid and to be reminded and remem- remind yourself and remember, like it says in verse 15, remember the Lord your God who is great and awesome because he's the one who fights for you. He goes before you, behind you, he's beside you, he's with you wherever you go. So when you have the Holy Spirit on all sides of you, when you have the Lord on all sides of you, and you're wearing that armor of God, there is nothing the enemy can throw at you that is going to affect you. Nothing. You're gonna, it, it, it is going to, you know, it may knock you, knock you to the side, and it may kind of stop you in your tracks for a moment, but you're going to keep going. There's not going to be any long-term turmoil or trouble or issues because of that because of that whack of the enemy because you're wearing that armor and you are walking with the Lord and the Lord has already defeated everything that you're going to face and has already walked through everything you're going to walk through so when you remember that the Lord your God who is awesome and great goes with you and for you that's when you cannot fear and that's when that's when you will not fear and that's when you will walk in that confidence and when you walk in that confidence again like I said you're a bigger target but you're not gonna feel you're not gonna feel that pain as badly because you were in the armor and it's not going to be as painful as long because you are in the armor. And uh, it's just, it, this story really wrecked me. And again, I'm not very good with summing things up. And I'm, I'm not good with starting things up either. <laughs> as I stated in the beginning, I made a whole intro and I still get on here and I act really awkward. And I, again, I don't fully know how to sum this up. But again, just remember who... Your God is who fights for you, who goes before you, who is behind you, whose armor you're wearing. And remember that the enemy cannot take you out when you are walking and doing the work of the Lord. And when you are serving the Lord 
be prepared for any battle at any time. Wear your armor, but continue to serve the Lord. Don't just sit and wait for a battle when you can be getting things done. Be productive. That was something that I wrote down. They were prepared and productive. So be prepared and productive. Get to build in and be battle ready. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and I will see you next week.